So tonight we are going to do something kind of a little different. We are actually going to uh, recognize and celebrate two of our pastors from our team that have become officially ordained. And that is Joe Long and Rachel Garvey. Um, But really before we get into that, we're going to let them share a little bit and then our board and some people are going to come up and we're going to pray for them and then we're going to pray for each other. So that's kind of the plan for the rest of the night. Um, But in the mid-2000s, anybody remember that, the mid-2000s? I was a young college student at Lee University in Cleveland, Tennessee. And I was really not in a great place. I'd grown up in the church. I was actually a pastor's kid, um, but I was really just unhappy with the church uh, world that I was seeing around me. And I was also really unhappy with my own life that I was creating and living and the choices that I was making. And I just got to this really kind of... um, desperate place where I was, I was really cynical. Uh, I had, didn't have a lot of hope left in me. It was really dark. I was trying to do everything that I could think of to, to make myself happy. And I was just done with the church. Uh, and in, in that time, I had this encounter where I felt like I came face to face with Jesus in an alley uh, late at night in, in downtown Cleveland. Some of you have maybe heard me tell this story, but for me, this was a huge changing point in my life. It completely altered the trajectory that I was on. And I remember in that moment just feeling the complete love and acceptance of Jesus. I mean, it was just like overflowing. I was like, this is what everyone is looking for. This love is what everybody needs. And I remember feeling like I was having a conversation again. It wasn't like Jesus was actually standing there, but it it felt like he was that close, like we were just talking face to face. And I remember in that moment just saying, okay, Jesus, like, I love you. You're real. No more questions. No more uh, uh, trying to do my own thing. I'm all in for you. But your church kind of sucks. This is, this is how I felt in that moment. I was like, ah, I just really don't like the Christian people around me and, and all of that that's happening. And, and this is what I felt like Jesus said. It's my church and I love her. And you are a part of it, so stop complaining and go be a part of it. And in that moment, it was like, okay, every other option that was in front of me just kind of faded away. And, and what, what he also did is that he infused my heart with compassion for the people around me. He gave me a heart for people uh, outside of the church, but also the people on the inside. <laughs> you know, so many of us that are just trying to figure this thing out and that are, are trying to connect with God and follow him. And, and that started a journey that led to um, getting really connected with a vineyard in Chattanooga. Actually, that guy right there played a huge role in that. And he will hate that I've just pointed at him. Um, <clears throat> so many awesome people. But it, it, it sent me on this journey to ultimately, uh, about three years ago, Rachel and I, um, we were pastors on staff in a vineyard in Charlotte, North Carolina. And we felt like the Lord told us to leave behind everything that we knew and to go and start something new, to plant this new church. And that has led us to here. This is where we are. And so what I want to do tonight is I want to take some time to just remember our stories. Remember some of the things that got us here. And we're going to talk about um, what the role of pastors are together. And I also, um, this is not uh, just 
uh, a night to look at pastors and talk about them, but it's, it's a night for all of us to see what Jesus might be inviting us to play within the family on mission uh, that is called his church. And so I want to read a passage from Ephesians 4, and this is 14 verses, 13 verses. You think you all can handle that? Okay, so just really, yeah, buckle your seatbelts. Oh, this is in Ephesians uh, chapter 4. And starting out in Ephesians, actually, when we first uh, kicked off this church, uh, we used a lot of these passages early on in our first gatherings. Remember, if you were around, we were meeting outside by the lake at Stonehaven, and we were just starting to dream about reimagining life and, and what it might be like to be a family on mission and, 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 and to develop a way of life where we put the teachings of Jesus into practice, where we have deep community, but we're also um, very focused on inviting everyone around us to experience this as well. And in Ephesians, Paul really lays out the good news of the gospel in Jesus. And part of that is that God decided in advance to adopt every one of us into his family. Every single one of us, God decided to adopt us into his family. And his plan to make all things new on the earth, to set all things right... He does this by creating a new family and inviting people to come be with him, to be a part, and also to join the mission, to join him on, on making all of these, these things right. And so it's after all of this, uh, kind of laying out this mystery, this good news um, about grace, and that you know uh, we can't do anything to earn it, but it was just a free gift of God. Uh, he says this in Ephesians 4. Therefore I... A prisoner for serving the Lord beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's fault because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body, one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all, in all, and living through all. However, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. That is why the scriptures say, when he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. Notice that it says he ascended. This clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world. And the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Yeah, I'll stop there. 
I don't know what jumps out to you in that passage, but there was one word that I said a whole bunch, which was one. Did you notice that? One God, one faith, one spirit, one father of all, one church, which is his body. And so really what we want to do tonight is we want to remember who we are as the church, as as the family of God on his mission. And it's much bigger than Vineyard Covington. There's one church across the entire world that, that Jesus is filling everything with himself through his church. He is the head. The church is his body. But I just want to want to mention and, and, and focus on the fact that he said Jesus gave these gifts to the church, uh, certain people, certain roles to be played within the body so that we could equip everybody to do their job, so that we could equip everybody to do the work of ministry, to serve the body until everybody is, is uh, lifted up into complete maturity. And so we say in Vineyard Covington that that we feel like um, the strategy that God has given us is to develop a way of life we can invite the city into. And that way of life is built around being with Jesus, becoming like Jesus, and doing what Jesus did. And so the more of us in the family that accept the gifts that God has given us and step up to play those roles within the family and within the larger context wherever we live, the more that we all step into that maturity, that fullness of of what everything that Jesus has for us. And so pastors within that uh, play a particular role. And uh, sometimes within the Western church, we've kind of made pastor out to be everything. Uh, You notice he mentions prophets and evangelists and apostles and um, pastors or or shepherds and teachers. Uh, Often in our church context, we make one person the pastor and we kind of expect them to do everything. And we say, we'll give you a little bit of money, and then you do all the work, and then we'll just all glean from your good stuff. And it's a recipe for burnout and failure, and it's not working super well, I would say, without being super judgmental in our current context. Um, But all of that is specifically what we're trying not to do as Vineyard Covington, as a family on mission. We're trying not to build anything around one person other than Jesus who is the head, and we are the body. So within this context, we have some pastors, and we've, we've tried really hard to, to do a shared leadership thing, which might be confusing for some of you when we say, hey, we're one of the pastors. I'm one of the pastors. And everyone says, but, but who's the main pastor? And uh, we do it as a team. We, we really do it uh, as a team. And so this ordination process was something that has been going on for a long time. And really, it's just our board, through all of the legal channels and the spiritual authority and all of that, just effectively saying what we see God doing in the lives of these leaders, these pastors, we are making it official. And John Alice had a lot of really good ideas about why ordination is important. But he's in Florida. And so you'll have to ask him next time you see him. Because I don't know what those are. I'm just kidding. But really, when we think about pastors, these are just specific roles. And again, I want to highlight that every single one of you is invited into a role within this family on mission. We really believe that everyone gets to play, that God has given out gifts to every one of you. And as we practice a life of giving, we share our gifts, we serve, we build each other up. People are invited and welcomed into the family. And eventually, everything is made new when Jesus returns to set it all to right. 
And so, uh, really, I want to invite Rachel and Joe up. They're going to share a little bit of their stories of how they got here and the things that God has specifically put on their hearts um, that he might want to do within this body and within our city. So, who's going first? Joe. Give it up for Mr. Pastor Joe Long. Hey, friends. It's so great to see you guys here tonight. Thanks for coming and being a part of this. I want everybody to stand up and reach your hands to the ceiling as far as you can. As far as you can. Stretch it out. Stretch it out. You're too quiet and you're too polite. Now sit down. All right. All right. All right. (laughs) You needed it. You didn't know it, but you needed it. Okay. All right. Yeah. um, I just, I guess I'm going to share like really quickly um, some of what I have experienced over the past five or six years. I promise I'll be quick. But basically, um, five or six years ago, God began to wake me up to a lot of things. And one of the most significant things that he began to wake me up to was the spiritual inheritance that he'd given me. And I was seeing it in my mind's eye as like a gold coin during worship, but I didn't know what it was. I kept seeing this gold coin, and it was over and over again. I was like, what is this, Lord? Please tell me. I don't get it. Am I going to get rich? What's happening? <laughs> Wasn't that? But at some point, God did really remind me that this is a symbol of the inheritance that I've given you. And I think what's cool about what Tyler was saying that ties into that is he's given each one of you a spiritual inheritance as well. I'm a pastor's kid, but that doesn't mean that my inheritance is different or more than yours. He's given you an inheritance. Somewhere in your family line, God has anointed your family. It might not seem like it, but he's done it. And it's up to you to pick that ball up and run with it. That's it. It's that simple. And so that's what I started to do. (laughs) And um, through a series of really crazy events... Um, actually, here's the quick rundown, is like five or six years ago, I had lunch with Grant and Jesse, and I was going through a really hard period of my life, and they said, why don't you come be part of community with us? And I was like, okay. And we did. And we were living in Union, we drove to Covington multiple times a week for that and other things. And then God invited us to a deeper connection with this city and with this group of people. And we birthed a new house group into my new house that we just bought on Scott Street. First and third Wednesdays, you should come. Okay. Um, And uh, then, like, 2019 was when things really got crazy for me. And when I mean crazy, it's like the Holy Spirit continued to fill me up in ways that were not what I was used to. I realize now that God was preparing me for something. He was refining some junk in my heart and in my life that didn't need to stick with me any longer and doing a whole bunch of things that I'm not even sure about yet. And then all of a sudden, I met these guys. And what's crazy is like in 2019, we were at the National Conference of the Vineyard in Dayton, Ohio. And this is one of those times where God just shook me up and I had people speaking into my life that I'd never met that said I was a church planner. I'd never met these guys at that point. Not, not even once, but they were in that room that night. Didn't meet them that night. A few months later, again, through the, the connectors, the Dawsons and the Carps, we had dinner together. We realized our dads are buddies and vineyard pastors. And it still didn't seem like anything was necessarily going to happen, but then it did. And wouldn't you know, it, we planted this church. I know, that's a lot in a short amount of time. 
but I want to say it because it's not random. God has called me to this group of people in this city, in these leaders at this time for a very specific reason. It's not just a bunch of random things that happen to line up a certain way. I don't believe in that stuff, especially when there's that many. He's done that in your life too. Maybe not to lead a church, but for some reason in some way. And he's going to continue to do it if you lean into that. Um, I'm going to share three things, and then I'm going to pass it to you. So three things that I feel like one of the questions that Tyler asked was, what is God's deposit in me for our church and for our city? And the three things that I want to tell you about really fast are this. Compassion for people. When I moved to Covington, I drove down Scott Street, where I live now, and other streets, and I saw the people walking by, and I thought, that's weird. I'm a little scared of you. You probably don't smell good. I was not seeing people the way that God sees them. And so I said, would you, God, would you give me that? Like, give me just a taste. Give me 1% of how you feel for that person. And then he did, and it nearly broke me in half. (laughs) It was so much. It is so much. But his compassion for people is the only way that I can do what I do. (laughs) That little 1%. It's so massive. His heart for people is huge, especially people outside the church that are far away from him that swear they'll never enter these doors ever. It's like leaving the 99 for the one type of mentality. I'm still learning. So compassion for people was huge. The second thing is prayer. In 2019, as I was just kind of like getting shook up and being prepared, we planted a church and then something called COVID-19 happened like literally the same month that we started this thing. Most of you know that, but if you didn't, that's the timing. (laughs) And it was so crazy because I was like, well, screeching halt, all this momentum, I guess we're just going to level off or maybe go down. But God taught me to pray in a way that I was not familiar with. I always thought intercession was what the old ladies did early on Sunday mornings before church. Turns out they do, by the way, they do. But it's for everybody. As intercessors, we get to stand between God and people and fight and cry out, petition for the things that we want to see happen on earth. And so all of a sudden, I was in Zoom prayer rooms for hours and hours, and I was like, we could do our own version of this. That's why I was the guy screaming about the Zoom prayer room (laughs) earlier. And God is teaching us this. And so at our first big leadership meeting, I kind of cheated when it came to the things that we were going to focus on and put a lot of my chips in on making prayer the center of everything that we do. And we're working on that, but it is a thing, you guys. Okay, I got one more thing. No, I don't need it. I don't need notes for this. It's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. (laughs) The Holy Spirit that lives inside of you when you accept Jesus into your heart wants to give you gifts and power that you cannot summon on your own. There's so many things in my life that I can't achieve without the Spirit helping me, the helper, the advocate, okay? And this is a vineyard legacy. If you've been in vineyard churches for a long time, this may be familiar. If you haven't, I just want to tell you that this is kind of what we're known for. It just kind of is. I grew up around it, and so I kind of took it for granted for a long time, and I thought, 
This is just what everybody does. It's not. <laughs> it's not. And what I mean is, we let the Holy Spirit have space. We give room to the Spirit through worship. We take time to pray for each other and listen. We don't do it perfectly, but we're learning. God wants to talk to us all the time, but we're not great listeners. And so I feel like God has deposited that in me for this church and for whoever else wants some. And I'm going to continue to talk about it and lean into it and learn because I'm still learning a ton. But those are the three things I wanted to mention. Thanks for letting me talk. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Yeah, that's good. Um, I, I feel like the journey here for me has just been um, just little yeses, a whole bunch of little yeses, you know? And then, like, you just kind of start to see a thread weaving through your life and it's like I maybe I am wired that way maybe I maybe I'm supposed to do this or I feel a longing towards this group of people in the church that I just can't help but be a part of like um been a church girl my life my whole life um I would go uh, with my dad to church he's a pastor and we had a lot of services on Sunday mornings, but I liked to go with him. And I would go to like four services on a Sunday, which is like a silly thing for a second grader to do, but I wanted to do it. And so I don't know why, but, but it was just started a little bit of that there. And you know, like I had a little bit of that similar story of Tyler in, in college where just like, I don't know, I guess I believe this. I guess this is right. I, I'm just kind of going along with my friends or like going wild. And we're just like tagging along and like having a good time and also like a little depressed and like all the other things that come when you just want to live for yourself. And it just like Jesus shook that up. He said, hey, would you just would you just follow me? Would you just obey this thing? And I did. And it just sent me on a new ride. And um, like from then on, like Tyler and I fell in love and then we like hung out together all the time with our friends Josh and Tara. And then we like got ourselves involved in a church there, like he said, in Chattanooga. And we just kind of weaseled our way onto the leadership team. And like, then we just do whatever they said. We didn't have any kids. And we're just like, sure, we'll lead this team. We'll, we'll go lead a project. And they're like, okay, great. Here's these young, dumb people. <laughs> like, Here you go. And it was just um, an awesome learning um, environment, like just to keep doing things, you know, like you just serve, you just get to serve and it just changes the stuff inside of you. Um, even had a mentor in high school who she was just like always like just sit next to the person that's not doesn't have anybody sit next to him. Why don't you go sit next to them? And that's, you know, that's hard as a high schooler, middle schooler. And, and so, but that is a learned muscle and it just hasn't stopped for me. And so it continues on. Then we moved to Charlotte, North Carolina for a job, and Tyler was the pastor, and I was not. And that was a hard thing. Like, it was a weird thing. I knew that I was doing all the same things he was doing, and I had to wrestle with a little bit of that, that he was the one on staff, but I'm coming to the staff meeting for free and, like, doing all the things. <laughs> and so it was, um, like, there's just some of that stuff you wrestle with. Like, is this a true desire, God, or is this just me wanting to do this, the recognition or have that? And the more I kept sitting with it, it, that's just not what it was. It wasn't just I wanted that. It was like, 
built into me to be a part of helping to lead people towards Jesus and to lead the, the leaders of those people too. And um, so when we moved away and the Lord called us to start a church, we knew we wanted to do it together. And so uh, we, we went on this journey just looking, where, where, Lord, do you want us to move? And here we end up in Covington, Kentucky, and we get bonus Joe. Like, we thought we were the team, but here's the team now. Like, we got Joe. And uh, he was just this wonderful surprise that happened upon us. It was just a little gift from the Lord. And so um, as we kept planting, like, in 2019, the end of it, we also joined the community that the Dawsons and Carpenters had fostered here in Covington. And we just started coming to group because, like, we're living in my parents' basement. We needed some friends, and they invited us, and there's food. And so we kept showing up. And the more we showed up, the more our hearts were just aligned with these people that also care about their city and care about inviting other people to the party, which I just want to see so many people come and join God's party. And so... Um, we just got to be a part of that. And in that time period, too, um, we still hadn't landed just yet on Covington. But the Lord, we were at a, like a, a singer-songwriter conference for, for, for people, for Christian, like Christians, I guess. But you could come. Anyone could come. Anyway, we're at this thing. There's a Holy Spirit moment where a person up front gives a word of knowledge or just this, this word of, hey, there's someone, there's someone here that is... Um, pregnant with hope. And we, I just, we want to invite you to come and get some prayer. And I just start crying. And then he goes, and you might be actually pregnant. And I was like, uh, <laughs> let's, I don't know about that. And we had had our daughter, Naomi, and then we hadn't been able to have kids for three years. And so I was like, well, that, I, I guess it could be, who knows? And um, we both come up and we receive prayer. Tyler's having his own, like, messy moment with the Lord too. And I'm, I'm receiving this and I'm just, I knew it within me that the Lord was going to birth the church and he was going to birth a baby. And a couple weeks later, positive pregnancy for Davy, um, and super pregnant as we start to land on Covington and getting ready to plant the church in March. And then like, yeah, we're doing it. And then COVID hits great, that's fine because I'm having a baby in April. Like, so like, it was just this sort of wild ride um, that just got invited on. And so the, the things that I feel like the Lord have like for us as a whole church too is also compassion. Like at a, a, another event I was at, I received prayer for um, just like compassion. Like we asked the Lord, will you give me your compassion? And it it just, it broke me. I just cried and I cried and receiving this prayer. And I felt like I saw in my mind's eye, a picture of a woman on a street that she's still in my mind. I haven't seen her come yet into our church, but I'm ready for her. And we're going to see the, the people of Covington continue to come in because we want to see everybody receive what the goodness that we have, because it cannot be contained it just spills out into all of the hearts, into the homes, and in the streets of Covington. And that is what Vineyard Covington is all about. And so as we continue to acknowledge the gifts and the goodness that he's placed within each of us, and all of us have the part to play, then we just release it. 
it just comes out of us. You can't help it. Like your essence is just coming out. The Lord is using each one of you in such unique and special ways here in Covington and beyond and wherever your neighborhood is. And I just see it in like my friend Sarah, who is just loving on her neighbors and all the kids come to play. They put up a fence and the kids just come in and they play in the backyard and run around and all that stuff. And her neighbors are just coming closer and closer to Jesus. And it's so sweet. And I just see um, like all kinds of you, like I'm just pointing, looking at all of you out there, like so many of you, like Tanya's going on a walk at Halloween and then she meets this person and then she has this encounter and starts talking to them and, and then their family member comes over and is like, how'd you know this person? She's like, I just met him. And anyway, she's just starting these relationships everywhere in her neighborhood. And um, it's just this beautiful thing I love to see uh, happening here. So the compassion of Jesus is for us, and it's to give away. And then I love to see us together. I love the hospitality. I like creating a home. I want it to be cozy. I want it to be a space where people feel invited and welcomed. But also, if you knock over a drink, it's okay. My kid's going to knock over five things over here. So, like, you're fine. Come on. Let's just party. And so we want to see hospitality, um, just people invited in. And then I want to see it be beautiful, too. And so I think each one of you um, is just absolutely beautiful. And the beauty of God comes out of you. Like, that's what you get to have eyes to see. That's what the Spirit does to us. It puts on the lens in front of your eyeball and just helps you to see past the grime of whatever person you're talking to and see something truly beautiful. And so I'm, I'm just excited for our, our whole our church family as we continue to live out our lives and invite the, the, the city into it. Um, and following Jesus together. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And just one other thing I wanted to say on that is that sometimes God does something in a certain space in a certain time, and he gives the gift of faith to see more of that happen. And I just, I just got reminded and felt just encouraged that that is happening like something special is happening in this time and uh it's just really cool that we all get to play a part in that so next uh, i want to invite up barry and dave uh we actually have some vineyard legends in the room that you all might not know about and they also happen to be uh, a couple of our dads which is even cooler right so yeah welcome welcome barry and dave and they're going to do this, uh, this ordination ceremony for us. We're going to make this real official. And then we're going to also invite our board. So everyone who's on the board in just a minute, get ready to come up uh, to pray for Rachel and Joe. And I do just want to say that um, I've already been ordained as a vineyard pastor in our last church. So that's why I'm not doing it. Yeah, I just got a little head start. And that's my fault for not bringing you with me. All right. special props for old people. <laughs> Welcome everybody. I get to ordain my son. Dave gets to ordain his daughter along with the board. How many are here because Joe and Rachel are being ordained? All right. Okay. We'll come back next time too. That'll, that'll be fun. I'm going to read some stuff about ordination now. So if those of you who are unschooled about this uh, need to know a little bit, 
it is really an important thing in the church all down through our 2,000 years together. Ordination is a time-honored way of setting apart men and women for service in the church of Jesus Christ. Ordination, but ordination does not make a person a pastor. That's really important to understand. More properly, ordination is a recognition by the community of faith of those who are functioning as pastors. So it's a functional thing. It's not a title, per se. So today we come to affirm what God's already doing through Rachel and Joe. They're functioning pastors, displaying the gifts and the calling of God in the life of the Vineyard Covington. The church has always recognized leaders by the laying on of hands, demonstrating two things, solidarity and blessing. The community in which they lead wants to bless them and they are one with that community, solidarity and blessing. So it's not just some official board that's going to come up here and bless these guys. It's everybody because we're part of one another. Second thing is anointing and impartation, which means that God often empowers people being ordained with gifts, energy, and love from the Holy Spirit as the community prays and lays their hands on the people. That's also a very um, time-honored historical thing that happens. Now, if you've been to a formal, formal ordination, you may not have seen that. I don't know where we lost it, but this is going to be different. We're asking Jesus to do what he always did. Now, Dave and I were told that we get to share one short story about our kids before we continue. Is that okay with you guys? Is that all right? You think, I'm gonna do it anyway. All right. You're done, you go. Me first? Okay. So, uh, Rachel came home from college one, uh, for a couple of days, and um, it was one of those dad moments where you just thought you just love it, because we had a long, long talk. And you were talking about trying to figure out what God wanted you to do and how he wanted to arrange some things and blah, blah, blah. And uh, so I shared some of my own experiences of fits and starts and craziness, but, you know, trying to follow Jesus. And you said, I almost wish that I had come to Jesus late in life so I could have seen the difference. And, uh, and, and that's not uncommon for uh, people who have been raised in a Christian environment and so forth to say something like that. And I just, I remember saying, honey, I, I knew uh, lots of musicians and druggies and hippies who became Jesus freaks. And then I saw lots of people fall away too. And that part of your life that you're escaping from can really mess up your head in numbers of ways over the years. And you have to wrestle with some of that stuff. So that's not the issue. The thing is, what are you doing right now? to say yes to whatever. It was so funny that you talked about saying yes. <laughs> what are, what, what are you, how are you responding right now, not past decision now? Yeah, it's true. And um, so sometime later, she meets a wonderful man and marries him. And uh, I think up Tyler is my, the son I never had. And um, 
So uh, they lived down in Chattanooga for a number of years, and then they moved farther south to Charlotte, and then I thought someday they'll be in Cuba, and I'll never see them again and never have grandkids around. And so, um, so she comes up a few years ago and says, uh, Dad, Tyler and I feel like we're supposed to plant a church. And I just remember saying to you, thinking, I always thought you guys would be church planners. I just knew you would be church planners. I said, it's awesome, but, well, but welcome to 10 years of poverty. <laughs> but it'll be the best years of your life, I promise you. She goes, yeah, and we want to plant an urban church. I said, that's 20 years of poverty, <laughs> but it'll be great. And so here we are today. Well, the very last thing we thought Joe was going to do was be a church planner. <laughs> it's not that he didn't believe. He did believe. But we just never saw it coming. God just took him by the scruff of the neck and just started shaking him. And here we are. That, that's not the story. Um, when we uh, began to build a building after 15 years of going from building to building in our church plant, we finally found property out on Camp Burns Road in Pleasant Valley. And um, we uh, were at the property one day. Joe was a young man. I think he was maybe in college at the time. I'm not real sure. But he and his mother and I were walking around the property. And I'm saying, this is going to be that. And this is going to be. And Joe, right here, right here, where there was this big uh, sort of uh, like thing that the stage was going to be built upon. I said, this is where I'm going to preach. And then his mother and I walked back into the back of the property to see some other things, but Joe remained there on, on the stage. And when we came back, 10 minutes later, he was in tears. And I'm close myself. And I said, what, what's going on? He said, I don't know, Dad. He said, I, I just feel heat all over my body and I just feel really emotional. And I, I put that in my heart like Mary did, and I held it there, and we waited. <laughs> and uh, now we're here, and we get to do this. So uh, let's do this, okay? Let's do this. This is going to feel a little formal like a wedding because we're going to be giving charges to uh, Rachel and Joe, and um, uh, Dave's going to give Rachel the charges. Do you have them, Dave? Okay, so I'll let Dave start. Okay, you're going to respond with, oops, with, uh, with, uh, <laughs> heck yeah. <laughs> Rachel, do you promise to be a shepherd of God's flock that is under uh, under his care, serving as an overseer, not because you must, but because you're willing. And God wants you to be, as it says in scripture, not greedy for money or eager to, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but by being an example to the flock. Yes. Scripture is the uh, message of God to us, uh, carbon-based bipeds. So, 
Each person being ordained must pledge to live it and teach it. So Rachel, do you promise to do your best to present yourself to God as one who is approved, a workman, (laughs) 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 who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth and to preach the word and be prepared in season and out of season, correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instructions? I promise. I promise. Mm. Thanks, Rachel. I forgot to mention that everybody ordained is to follow something that Jesus established when he washed his disciples' feet called servant leadership. And that is you lay down your life for the flock. You don't lord it over them. And I'm sorry, I forgot to mention that. Joe, do you promise to be a shepherd of God's flock that is in your care, serving as an overseer, not because you must, but because you're willing, as God wants you to be? Not greedy for money, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but by being an example to the flock? Joe, do you promise to do your best to present yourself to God as one who is approved as a workman who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth? And do you promise to preach the word, to be prepared in season, out of season, season, correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. I made it through. You do. Okay. All right. All right. We're going to ask the board to come up right now. And um, anybody else, Tyler, you want to be, you know, on the prayer thing? This is the part where we're going to lay hands on these guys and uh, pray over them. And, and so if you feel especially close to them, is it okay if I invite some others that might want to do this? Uh, come on, and, and we're going to pray on them and see what God gives us. You guys can join in too, just stretch your hand out for this, because the people of God are ordaining these folks, not some committee up here someplace. Okay? Thanks for hanging in with us. I know this has been a little bit of a different night, and uh, a lot of different people talking and doing weird stuff up here. But we really feel, like I said before, um, that this night is not just about the pastors, that this is about the family on mission that everyone gets to play. So one of the things that was happening up here, um, as Barry alluded to, was anointing and impartation. And impartation is really just that idea of like giving gifts power, whatever it is, compassion, the the different things. And um, so we have just a few minutes left together. And um, we want to invite you into come receive whatever gifts that God might have for you. Does that make sense? And we will try to not get super weird. (laughs) Any any weirder than we've already gotten. So I just want to, first of all, thanks again for being here. I I just want to like make something really practical for you that you might already know. Um, When the Holy Spirit rests on us, it can look a lot of different ways. Some of them are a little bit different than you might expect. Sometimes for me, it's emotion. I was just crying when uh, I was being prayed over, and it had to do with that same thing that we were both talking about, compassion. 
for people. Remember I said I got like a 1% download of that from God, and I felt like I was like, that's too much. <laughs> like I felt like I was getting that 1% again. And some of you want that. You kind of think about like, I, I, I love my family, <laughs> I love my friends, but people, ugh, that's a bit much. God wants to give you new eyes to see tonight through the laying on of hands. It's not the only way you get it, but it's like a fast track, <laughs> okay? So I just want you to think about that, and I also want you to think about, um, is there anybody here that likes gifts? If anybody likes gifts? You're like, what am I signing up for? <laughs> I like gifts, but I don't want to cry. Um, the tears are gifts, by the way. Anyway, um, I just want you to be open to receiving a new gift tonight from the Holy Spirit because he wants to empower you to tackle the things that you can't handle on your own. He really wants to do that. That's all I want. Yeah. Hey, let's all stand. And uh, we're just going to, we're not, normally we would like play another song and, you know, we're just going to be real awkward and cut right to the chase. Um, one, of the, one of the gifts that we kind of felt like as we were leading up to this night, that we felt like the Lord wanted to release gifts of evangelism within the community. <laughs> Gift of tears, there it comes. Um, but here's the thing, like, I have faith that a ton of people in our city are going to come to Jesus and are going to come to experience his family through this little thing that has started here that's, that's going really slowly, like awkwardly slow, <laughs> like a tiny little bit of yeast that's working its way through a, a dough. But the way that that happens is that, that God gives gifts of evangelism to people in his body to step up. And, and one of the things that we've been... Uh, Steve Nicholson described it as just having the gift to see who is ready, to see people that are ready, uh, maybe people that are far off, but, but who are ready. And so um, we would love to release that and to pray for that. But let's just take a minute and be still. Did you have something? Okay. You, I'm just going to get the party going. Um, it, it, yeah, we just want to see everybody get to have the gift. Um, it's something that, so so much of what just was prayed over me too is just like, I just want to give it away to you guys too. So like, I just got a lot of prayer. It feels awesome. I want you to know, like, it's something that Joe has said too. Like, it's not like you're, it's not just the needy who need prayer. It's all the hungry. So if you're hungry for something, we want you to get some prayer. Um, so we're going to pray for that, uh, over folks. So, um, there's maybe a, person or two here tonight that has never accepted Jesus into your heart. Now's the time to do it. So if you're feeling that tug, I want you to just take a risk and step forward and receive some prayer or just turn to the friend you're with and say, hey, that's me. Um, and dad wants to say something else. So we're almost there. Yeah, uh, uh, this is maybe important. Um, you sh you'll know if you're supposed to get prayer, if you were feeling the presence of God on you. And you said, well, what does that feel like? I don't know. Sometimes it feels like a light band of pressure around, around your head. Sometimes it feels like your body starts to heat up. Uh, if you were feeling any of that as we were worshiping or you know, during whatever we were doing, uh, that's sometimes a tip-off that 
we just and we just want to bless what God's doing already doing. So I just wanted to throw that in. Okay. So close your eyes if you don't mind and just put your hands out like you want to receive a gift. Your posture does not make it happen, but sometimes it can help. So uh, come Holy Spirit, we invite your presence to be even more thick in the room right now. Right now. 